Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents The Kingdom Driven Family Podcast with your host, Andrea Schwartz. This podcast will equip and empower you to help advance Christ's kingdom through God's primary institution, the family, building a home that serves Christ and His kingdom. This is Andrea Schwartz with Homeschool Helps. It's January 22nd, 2019, and my co-host, that smiling lady, I don't know if I'm going to say across the country, but she doesn't look across the country to you, Nancy Wilk. Hi, Nancy. How are you? I'm well, Andrea. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I have so much to talk about today. Um, It's something I've wanted to talk about, and you know that something is important to you when you wake up thinking about it and you even dream about it. So I actually have sort of gone through this homeschooling helps already because I had a dream I was doing it. So um, so the second time through for me will be good. Um, let's talk about today in this part three of our series of curriculum foundation, a very important doctrine and that's providence. Off the cuff, I'm gonna put you on the spot. What's providence? What's providence? What do you think providence is? You know, that is not a word that I think, um, you know, a lot of Christians use. It seems like an old word. Um, we think of providence as, you know, maybe just happy, you know, fortunate happenings, you know. Um, I know George Washington talked about providence and sometimes you see it capitalized and when it's capitalized we know we're talking about god but sometimes you know people don't really necessarily attribute providence to the omniscient god okay so in modern talk people might say things like what a coincidence or good luck or you know good fortune gee that happened by chance Mm-hmm. And truly, every concept that I've just laid out is anti-biblical because we're only talking about from our point of view. So if, for example, I go to the grocery store and I run into someone I haven't seen in five years, and we might both say, what a coincidence. And coincident means two things happening at the same time. Well, if we're going to say that has to do with chance that, you know, there was nothing that was governing it. It just kind of happened. Then we have moved into the realm of an impersonal universe that isn't governed by a sovereign God. Right. So by means of review, this is part three, part one, we talked about God. God is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And when we talk about God, we're talking about God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit, three persons, one God. Okay. If we don't start there, then we can't, first of all, that's how God starts. He says in the first line of the book of Genesis in the beginning, God. So he's sort of saying like, hello, here I am. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't, you know, and I'm going to tell you I'm here. Yeah. Another thing that we said was really, really important in terms of the triune God is they're never, ever in conflict with one another. They're never going to contradict each other. Right. 
So the word of God is not going to be uh, opposed to the spirits leading. The Old Testament doesn't fight with the New Testament. This is a no. cohesion that if we're going to understand cohesion at all, we have to look at God as the example of that. Okay. Right. Well, then the second thing we said in the beginning, God created that we're identifying God as the creator, the designer. Now, in a very real sense, anybody who invents anything or designs something, people who are going to use it are going to say things like, well, how do you want us to use this or what's it good for? Well, mm -hmm. God's revealed word in scripture in a very trivial way to describe it is the user's manual. This is how we're supposed to live. All right. And there are a lot of Christians who will say, okay, oh yeah, I believe in creation. I believe in God's design, intelligent design. Some don't want to say God creator. They want to say something a little bit more socially acceptable. So we'll talk about intelligent design. I'm sure God is just thrilled that we think he's intelligent. <laughs> I mean, as opposed to stupid design or whatever. Um, you can't go very long in observing just the human body or the similarities and differences between animal life and plant life and everything like that and not come to the conclusion that it's not an accident. Of course, if you spend enough time in higher education, then suddenly the accident part will make a lot of sense. But I dare anybody to talk to a child who has not been approached by relativism or humanism, let's say a, a young child in your home and ask them, is it likely that something like this just happened? Right. right? You know, th they'll say no. Okay. Heard, so, um, I'm sorry. No, you, no, go on. Some people may have heard the um, analogy of walking through the woods and finding a pocket watch on the trail. You don't, you know that it didn't grow there. You know that it's created. It, it's obvious. It's obvious that it's created by some by the by a watchmaker. Right. But see, here's where Christians, by and large, go off the rails. And I believe that many home educators or Christian educators do as well. We will grant that that watchmaker made the watch. Sure. We're sure of it. But then somehow or other, we think he went away and he didn't care about the watch anymore. And it tick, 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 ticks. But the watchmaker isn't involved. Well, Jesus told us to the contrary, and the word of God tells us in both the Old and New Testaments. Jesus said, the hairs on our head are numbered. Yes. That means the day today the hairs on my head are numbered. Ten years ago they were numbered, and my guess is there's a different number right now. Right. And, he, and he says that a sparrow doesn't fall to the ground unless God knows. That's providence. That's God being actively involved in his creation. So that if you're going to understand anything, and this is where we get into the homeschool curriculum, if you're going to understand historical events, if you're going to understand the workings of science, the hard sciences and the soft sciences, and by that I mean, you know, when you're looking at chemistry, how various things combine together in order to produce something that just happens to work for human beings and life. If you're going to look at all that and somehow say that watchmaker or by analogy, the designer, the creator started it all, 
but then he just sort of is busy on other things. And so you'll have very intelligent sounding Christians who are saying, you know, God's not interested in the day in and day out affairs of my life. Except Jesus said to pray for our daily bread. He didn't say pray for our bread in our 20s. Oh, yeah, okay, I better start praying for my bread in, in, in my 30s or 40s or 50s. No, he mm -hmm. says daily. So mm -hmm. when we have abandoned in terms of teaching anything and embracing an understanding of anything except from a sovereign God who foreordains whatever comes to pass. Right. Now think about that. Whatever comes to pass. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about the scripture that says he actually knits us together in our mother's womb. And, and then thinking about that, I'm thinking about how DNA is, um, you know, it's, it's thinking about DNA. Like we can't look at these things and not know that he, he is intimately and specifically involved in all these, in all these places. Exactly. And, but so let's let's go back to putting on our teaching hat and say, all right, so most of the people watching this, not all, are in America, and they will hopefully study the War of Independence. Okay. Every cast kept characters, the generals on one side, the generals on the other, the battles that were won, the battles that were lost. If we do not view that with a providential awareness that God foreordained the outcome mm -hmm. and the particulars that were involved in that outcome. Mm -hmm. So, so the independence of the United States or the colonies from um, England wasn't a happy accident. It wasn't because they had a stronger army. It was because God permitted and divinely orchestrated this creation or establishment of this country. Right. So if we're going to analyze and understand. There's a train coming. Oh, okay. So I'm going to so mute you. For, yeah, we can, we decided we have to mute her during the train and I'll let her know. Okay. So I'll keep going. If we decide that this was not ordained by God and only look at it in terms of whether or not we like the outcome, then we're basically saying, God does things wrong. And since I don't want to say God does things wrong, I'll say he doesn't do them at all. Right. So if God is not sovereign over everything, then he's sovereign over nothing. Because if God is not in control. So how are we going to decide who was right in the conflict in the War of Independence or who was correct in the conflict in any of the world wars that happened in the 20th century? Well, we have to go to scripture and we have to analyze whether or not we have people who were obeying God's word or not. And so it's not an either or. We're so used to whether this team wins or that team wins, either or. Tell me who the right guys were. Tell me who the bad guys well, I think there's probably more than ample evidence that there are a lot of people on the wrong side, even though we might like the particular outcome that happened. Mm -hmm. And you're back on. I got your microphone back on. Okay, good. Yeah. So that's just an example in history. That's an example in mm -hmm. history. Mm -hmm. 
So that's why I say Bible shouldn't be a subject in your curriculum. The Bible should be the foundation. You know, Dr. Rush Dooney's book, The Philosophy of the Christian Curriculum. It's not that he says don't teach Bible. He most definitely encourages people to learn the Bible, not so much in the school setting that you're trying to convince people to make a decision for Christ. School is a place where you teach truth. And it used to be viewed that theology was the queen of the sciences. So you can't make heads or tails of anything if you don't understand God created and God sustains. Yeah, right, right. Too many times we want to put religion and the Bible as a separate subject instead right. of seeing that as our context for everything. Now, I understand it's a challenge because there aren't sufficient curriculum materials across the board that will proclaim the God is creator and God is as the providential sustainer. However, there's a lot. There are a lot of Christian publishers. And you know what? If they don't thoroughly meet your standards of um, how deep they go, well, and you have some knowledge there, well, then either produce the curriculum yourself or supplement it with your children by telling them the things that you've gleaned from looking at science from a biblical perspective. Mm -hmm. But if you start in the wrong place, you won't end up in the right place. And so today science is dominated by people who don't have an ethical and moral obligation in many cases to be obedient to God. They're not concerned that God might be watching. All they care about is they might not get caught whether it's the you know government agencies that tell us vaccinations are safe or medical drugs are safe or whatever it is, if they don't have a living faith, we should all kind of step back and go, okay, can they be trusted? Because mm -hmm. if someone's not embraced the truth, it hasn't received Jesus as the truth, then their version of the truth is suspect. Right, and, and seldom, um, especially as product of the public school system, we're taught that, you know, we're not taught to look to the Bible and to God as the, as our, um, as providential, providentially, you know, and so we have to relearn these things ourselves. So I really appreciate that this, um, this uh, homeschool and help is really dear, geared towards helping the parents to understand you know, and for us to get our our um, worldview and um, perspective where it needs to be so that we can move forward with the confidence that we need to be able to say, OK, this curriculum works and is correct or it's it's not. It's starting at the wrong place. So it helps us to identify and evaluate and change our own mind in in the proper uh, direction, instead of just repeating the same error over and over again. Right. Because if all you're concerned about is getting them through high school, it's okay, I got that done, but mm -hmm. they haven't been given a biblical foundation, guess what? By the time they might pursue higher education and they're not grounded in an understanding of Jesus Christ being the truth, capital T, in every subject. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to turn this a little bit to show how providence is integral and absolutely necessary in the homeschool setting. Okay. So 
I have three children and I homeschooled for almost 30 years. People mm -hmm. say, wow, what were they slow that they couldn't get through? Well, between the first and the second, there was six and a half years. Between the second and the third, there were seven and a half years. And I always homeschooled. So that put me close to 30 years having done it. Well, I thought I was a great teacher because my first two um, really got things kind of quickly. And I, you know, I'm just doing so well here. Um, although I found out later on that a good parrot doesn't necessarily mean someone who understands things. So there was a couple of times we had to go back and retread a couple of things because I realized that I had gotten some yes people who said yes, yes, yes. But when asked <laughs> a different way, they didn't necessarily understand it. Mm -hmm. Well, with my third, um, it wasn't the same. She, she learned very differently. And my husband can attest that uh, there were a lot of tears that were shed over arithmetic. Mm -hmm. And um, my daughter was convinced that she never needed to know this because she was never going to use it. And she later told me that she prayed that God would just make her understand it and it'd all be easy. Well, guess what? The subject of providence always ended up being discussed. I said to her, God created you to know and learn things. She goes, yeah, but I, I, I must be deficient. Well, maybe you are, but he also created you with the capacity to learn. And he's here with us right now. So providence is at work. And you know what? We just have to work harder. We have to find ways in which that you'll understand this. And I would point out to her that providentially, God had given her tremendous um, talent in music. She had a beautiful voice. She was able to play the piano. She was very athletic. Uh, she could memorize things really well. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, five plus five. Each time she had to use her fingers and stuff like that. <laughs> and I would say, well, providentially, God gave you fingers. See, you have a way to do this. Well, today she's a registered nurse. She has to work through her algebra all the time because she's, you know, in charge of making sure people aren't over medicated or under medicated. And it was the belief that God had not accidentally made me a homeschool mom. And I would remind her, I said, providentially, honey, if you were in a school setting with a bunch of other children, they couldn't have stopped and gone through individual work like you and I have done. I said, so even in having you be born into a homeschooling family was God's providence for you. God's providence, his provision, his the circumstance right. that he's given you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think too few Christian homeschool families make this something of a constant reminder to their children. It's not an accident that you're getting the kind of education that kings and princes get. And you go, wait a minute, kings and princes don't oh. learn it. Are <laughs> they get individualized attention with someone whose goal is to make sure they master their subject. And, and mastery, mastery is not getting 100 on all the tests. Mastery is being able to utilize what you've learned. So in a homeschool setting, you never have to settle for a C or a B minus. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure before you go on to the next thing that your student learns. Now, right. not everything that's in every textbook is necessary to learn, 
But in order to serve God's kingdom, which is the purpose of our education, then people have to be functional in that which they're called to do. I see. Mm -hmm. Right. That is that is certainly uh, a, an aspect of providence that that we easily forget, because sometimes you can say, well, we've just decided to do it for right now, for this year, for this kid, and not necessarily recognize that this is a God's call on our life and provision for his children and preparation for his for those particular children that he's given us. And if we don't consider um, God of the Bible in, in these very, very practical ways, we can easily, um, again, just, just bring, just bring school home and, and, and miss the very, um, the, the purpose that God has, has, um, allowed us to do this. Right. So God's call, think of every time the phone rings, it's not always someone you want to talk to. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's good news, sometimes it's bad news. Sometimes it's things you'd rather avoid, right? Mm -hmm. Like so a robot. God, <laughs> right? Or a bill collector or somebody right. telling you you're being evicted or there, there are lots of things that can come on a call. Mm -hmm. So I think we've got to get away from that providence is only the things we like. Providence, oh, I could see God's providence. I was um, almost hit by a car and I wasn't. Right. That's God's providence. But right. why don't we say, I can see God's providence. I was hit by a car. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because you see, to the people of God, the promise is that he works all things together for the good, for those that love him and those who are the called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. That sounds like providence to me. Only God could work all things together for the good. Sure. Sure. That watchmaker is watching his watch. He hasn't just decided, oops, I lost it. It'll be somebody will find it and it'll be useful for someone. See, think of the Lord's Prayer. Okay. It starts off with, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. So Jesus tells us to start off calling God our Father. And this is reserved for those who are the children of God, not everybody those who are the children of God. And then it ends with, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Both of those bookmarks there are talking about God's providence. The reason we go to God in prayer, and we'll talk about prayer in a future segment of this, but the reason we talk to God in prayer is we're going to the person who can handle it. So if you have a problem with your car, you don't go to the butcher and say, I can't get my car to start. You know, he goes, why are you coming to me? Mm -hmm. Well, the Lord's prayer tells us we can come to God for everything because he never sleeps. He's there. He's ready to hear us. And we in gratitude and recognition of our status as adopted children should be ready to acknowledge that, you know what? If God be for us, who could be against us? Is there ever any good reason to say, oh, this homeschooling is too hard or my children will never learn? You know, you bring it to God in prayer, recognizing the providence that is present in your life. And it's not like providence is not present in, in unbelievers' lives. They just don't see it and they don't acknowledge it.
Right. I've all, uh, I've had opportunity to talk to moms about you know when 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 like you said with your youngest daughter um, sitting down to the table dealing with math there were lots of tears when that happens the problem isn't the math you know and if we don't recognize those types of um, those types of opportunities and um, circumstances is part of God's providence to, to really be able to stop and say, okay, look, what is it that we're supposed to be paying attention to? You know, even if it is just to go and say, okay, Lord, we need your help with this. This is hard, but these are the circumstances that you've given us to learn to navigate in, in his terms, instead of, instead of our, um, our preference and our comfort, you know? Right. So whether you have trouble reading, whether you truly are dyslexic as opposed to um, bad phonetic learning so that you don't necessarily know how to approach words. If you have difficulties with attention span or whatever it is, it's important for the child to realize that God has not forgotten you. You, I, I used to say, you know what? God didn't go on vacation and go, oh, look, look what's happening here. I had no idea this was going on. I would remind my student that the hairs on her head were numbered and mm -hmm. she had a choice right now. She had a choice to believe in the providence of God and actually let's get through this mm -hmm. or to decide that she was stupid and God wasn't in control, which of course is unbelief. And unbelief is not a choice among many unbelief is a sin it is. if you don't believe <laughs> then you're failing to give god the glory he's due mm -hmm. right it was unbelief that kept the children of israel wandering around the desert for 40 years right which is not a bad paradigm of what happens in a lot of state schools where they graduate people who basically have been wandering around for 12 years and not learning not even the basics of reading, writing, and arithmetic, they have not learned the truth of the world in which they were placed. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, the, the humanistic version of the promised land is get a good education and you'll get a good job. Well, we see how good that's going for most people today. Not yeah. so well. That's not, they're not our source. The, the state is not providential. But it seeks to be. It seeks to be providential. And that's why we have all these rules. And that's why things are mandated and compulsory education and mandatory vaccination and all these other things. That's the state counterfeiting an attribute of God. And we need to recognize it. Mm -hmm. That's why the early church would say, we have a king and it's not Caesar. And that's mm -hmm. why the church was persecuted because Rome said, uh, we're not allowing this. Caesar mm -hmm. is Lord. Caesar is king. And mm -hmm. so we don't want to fall into that. And we can expect providentially that the people of God will be in the crosshairs and in the bullseye of those that hate God. But Jesus promised us that we were blessed if we were persecuted, yes. but persecuted for righteous sake, not for unrighteous sake. Right, right. I think that um, one thing that we might want to make a note of that when we talk about state, we don't mean necessarily um, just Virginia or just um, California, you know, or um, the United States or China. We're talking about any form or structure 
of um, government that would set itself up above the um, the true God. Exactly. I believe it was Hegel that said the state is God walking on earth. And so when we talk about a war or a conflict, there's a very real one, the seed of the woman against the seed of the serpent. And mm -hmm. the serpent's temptation was, you don't have to listen to God, you can make this up for yourself. And that's the sin of mankind. And that's what got us into the situation. And in future weeks, we'll talk about Jesus as the redeemer throughout the curriculum and how that becomes a facet of every aspect of how we learn. So that's why, as I told you earlier on, I'm excited because I think if we get on a good foundation, then even though unexpected things can come up in terms of challenging to our challenges to our homeschool and things like that, that we will be biblically grounded to know that our sovereign God has got our back. Yeah. Just like when we did the Ten Commandments and going through these things, too, um, we're really just scratching the surface. This is a lifetime of learning and applying. So, so um, you know, remember when you were in um, maybe in some schools or training or something and you would go through a book really fast. You maybe didn't know how to do everything, but you knew that it was possible and you knew that the reference was there. So you could always go back and study, study, study and practice, practice, applying it. That's what we want to do here. So we don't we don't think that just going through these half hour talks that we can go out and do it perfectly from now on. But just to get to begin to rethink and to put our minds back towards um, the one who really is um, God and providence, the one to whom we want to um, give glory appropriately. Right. And if providentially you've watched this video either live or recorded and you develop this awareness that you have a hunger and thirst to understand this better, we're available to help you. That's why we do this. This was to put our faces before you, but both of us are very eager and willing and active in mentoring people to help them through it. Um, I'm not gonna tell you what to think in the sense of you should do this or that. My goal is to help you approach how to think so that you know where to go, as Nancy said, to the source to get the answers that you seek. I appreciate the work of Calcedon. You want to tell them, you know, a couple of things that, that you got, that there is some of the offerings of Calcedon. So they don't have to take our word for it. You know, there's other things to study. And um, Calcedon is really good about helping um, people of faith, uh, regenerate men and women to really to apply these things in all areas of life so that our Bible is not just a separate curriculum or something that we dust off to take to church on Sunday. Exactly. So I mentioned the book, The Philosophy of the Christian Curriculum. That's available at calcine.edu. And if you go to the resources page on the website and just put in the search bar, Christian education, you'll see that there's a multitude of articles, books, and audio tracks. And uh, I've recently been re-listening to them. And it's amazing because I listened to a lot of them before. And my first thought is, had I ever listened to this before? Because my understanding is better. Well, that's what happens as you are more sanctified and you study the scripture. 
you become more approved in your work and that's part of God's providence as well. It is. All, All right. right. Well, thanks for the conversation. Viewers, thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you all next week. Next week. Thank you for joining Andrea Schwartz and the Kingdom Driven Family Podcast. Holding up the family and self-government as a true and lasting means of transforming society. Please visit thekingdomdrivenfamily.com and reconstructionistradio.com.